Praise God. Now, I want to just let y'all know, uh, for those of our guests this morning, we're glad y'all are here with us, And but you may not know and understand everything, or you may not, may be a part of this church and hadn't really understood, but, you know, with, with uh, I, What Matters Ministry, we're not just we're not just sending a few hundred dollars down there every month and just letting them do whatever. You know, What Matters Ministry is a part of this church. Uh, Kimberly and Bethany and uh, Andrew are all ordained out of this church. I sit on the board of their, their ministry. They sit on the board of our ministry here. It's a partnership. It really, truly is a partnership. I even told me the other day that this year in his ministry, Going throughout the United States, 11,000 people gave their heart to Jesus for the first time. You got a part of that. I believe with all of my heart, I, and the closest I can come to, to telling you and explaining to you how uh, it works, because I, I, you know, I don't know everything, but I'm, I'm like your stockbroker. That's the closest I can get to you, is I'm like your stockbroker. As you sow and you invest, and we invest in other ministries, it produces fruit. And you're going to get to heaven, and you're going to find out, holy cow. How did we have, where did this come from? How did that happen? And, you know, you, 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 just because that's the way God does things. Everything you sow into that bears fruit has a return. And so you're going to see souls, one, things, one. Jesus is going to walk up and say, thank you for doing this. And you're going to say, what are you talking about? And you're going to find out it was that $30 a month went in there and, you, you know, all kinds of things happening. You know, and I don't talk about it a whole lot because uh, we don't support it as much, not because we don't want to, but in the Kenya ministry, you know, we give six or eight hundred dollars every month just to feed children over there, because we don't we have a facility there, but it's not anything like what you see at Casa Angelina. And when we first started working with them in Guatemala, I want to tell you that that side of that hill that you saw all those buildings on, all those cobblestone streets on, there was nothing there. It was bare dirt. That's all the years been progressing, 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 progressing. So when I see that, I can remember what it looked like when we had nothing but a bulldozer up on the side of a hill trying to cut pads in. I can remember what those places look like. And you look at it now, and I'm just like, man, God, you have done so amazing. Amen? So you should be rejoicing over that because you got a big part of that. And we're going to continue to do more. I'm excited about 2019, what's going to happen, but I'm going to preach about that next week. And uh, as we get closer to the first of the year, I mean, 2018 is over. Might as well just enjoy your family, eat all you can right now. you know, I, my wife showed me a deal. She said, I'll try to tone it down a little bit because it was kind of offensive, I thought. Uh, it said, it was, a, it was a commercial, you know, or a, whatever you call it, a, a chiste, you know, and it, was, it said, uh, don't worry about the four pounds you're going to gain over the Christmas holidays because you already need to lose more than that before that. So, you know, don't worry about it. <laughs> Just enjoy it. Enjoy life. Uh, enjoy your family. Uh, you know, the first of the year is coming. You can start dealing with it then when January comes. But right now, you should enjoy family. You should enjoy this time. Listen, I, 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 this is not really all a part of the message, but I just feel like I need to say this. Listen, this is not the time to squabble with your family. This is not the time to try to prove that you're right. This is a time to love. This is a time to be with family. This is a time to love people, a time to rejoice. I know, I went to San Antonio the other day, acted like the fool. I got caught in traffic. I was so angry. Thank God the only one that heard it was Jesus and my wife. And then I thought to myself, it shouldn't, this shouldn't drive me to this place, you know? So I stayed out of there. I didn't go back, you know? That was the end of that. But my point is, don't let it drive you 
to insanity. Bake your cookies with love. Enjoy your family. Don't get overwhelmed. If you start to get overwhelmed, start and pr- stop and pray. And just ask God to give you uh, wisdom and revelation and, 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 and blessing. Amen? Amen? Okay, so get your Bibles out this morning. Go to the book of Luke chapter 2. We're going to read the Christmas story this morning. And I want to share some things with you. It says in Luke chapter 2, verse 1, I want to read this out of the book of Luke first. Since it came to pass in those days that a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. Now this census first took place while Quirinius was uh, governor of Syria. So all went to be registered, everyone to his own city. Now Joseph went up to Galilee into the city of Nazareth and the Judea into the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and the lineage of David, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed wife, who was with child. So it was that while they were there in those days were completed for her to be delivered, she brought forth the firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. Now, I want to just say, make a few points this morning about this time of Christmas and, and, and just leave you all with some, 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 some blessings before we get into the new year. Okay, everything that God's doing in life may not be convenient. If you were Mary and you were about to deliver, and you had to get on a donkey and ride this journey to go to this town. Has anybody ever ridden a donkey? I ain't nothing smooth about them, okay? And to be pregnant, you're going along on this little burrito, you know, going over there to to Nazareth when you didn't want to be there anyway, you know? Uh, It's stupid governors wanting to tax everybody, wanting to register everybody, right? Government's all after us. Well, look what these problems are causing. I mean, see, they had them in those days too, folks. And so here we go. Mary's riding along doing this. And I don't know. know, I don't know, Mary. I can't say for her. But if I would have been Mary, I would have had the thought like, oh, come on. I I saw an angel. He appeared to me. He said inside of me is the son of God. And I'm stuck on the back of a donkey having to ride over to Bethlehem and do this. I mean, come on, Lord, couldn't you have done something? But see, we got to learn to flow with the things of God. We've got to learn to trust God and everything going on in life and to begin to flow with him and say, Lord, I don't know. We've got to change our attitudes and start saying, Lord, I don't know what's going on, but I just thank you that you're with me. I don't know why this is happening like this, but quit trying to figure out the what ifs and the whys and just start flowing with the things of God. Amen. Believing that he's got his hand on you and he's leading you and guiding you. So here they go, bouncing off over there. Now they get there, and there's no room for them in the inn. Now, it wasn't the innkeeper's fault. You know, a lot of times I, I take up for this guy because, it, it, you know, it, we make him look like he's the bad guy. Turned him out. It was just because everybody had to come. Now, I thought about this. You know, Joseph was probably in trouble because Mary would have said to him, why didn't you call ahead, make a reservation? But I guess they didn't get the blessings of the internet and, and, and cell phones in those days. And so they get there, and there's no place left but the stable. Now listen to me. This is what I want to tell you in life. I'm not saying God brought about bad things in your life. Hear me? Hear me well. I don't believe that at all. You'll never, ever convince me that God has got any evil plan to then turn it around to make good out of. God takes the bad things that happen in life, because he's wanting to help us, 
and we live in a fallen world, and then he's wanting to move in the, into that and turn it around for good. But sometimes in life, we're thinking we should be staying in you know, the Hilton Resort, and we end up in the stable. And we stop and we want to, the devil wants to jump in there at that moment. He wants to come in and say, oh, why is this? Look at this. God's forsaken you. He's not taking care of you. If God was really with you, if you really had the son of God on the inside of you, if you really had Jesus living on the inside of you, you wouldn't be walking through it like this. But you see, God's always looking at the big picture. All he was doing was fulfilling scripture every walk of the way. Hear me now. God was fulfilling Scripture every walk of the way. The Scriptures already prophesied that Jesus was to be born in Bethlehem. Everything the devil was trying to do to make it hard, let's say, on Joseph and Mary, God was doing nothing but fulfilling Scripture. And I'm telling you, sometimes when you're walking through the hard times in life, it's time to rejoice and to praise God and say, Lord, I just thank you that you're with me because you're going to fulfill my destiny in life. Everybody say, I got a destiny. Every one of you have a destiny with God. Every one of you have a destiny to walk in the things of God. That doesn't mean you're necessarily going to be the next Billy Graham or you're going to be, you know, you're going to start a church somewhere. What it means is you're going to be faithful in doing what God called you to do, because how do you know? that you might just lead a person to the Lord who will be the next Billy Graham. you got a destiny, church. And if you grab hold of it and you grab hold of the things of God and believe God is every day taking care of you and getting you to the place, well, then when you go over the rocky places on the back of the little burrito and you're getting there, I want to tell you something, then you'll, 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 everything will look a lot better. Okay? So... They get there, and, the, and, and there he is in the, in the manger. Doesn't even have a bed for him. Got him in a feed trough. But Jesus was going to be the bread of life anyway to all the world. Why not be born in a feed trough? Why not be sitting and, and laying there as feed, fodder for the world? Amen? Okay. So then the story goes on. And it says, and now there were in the same country shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flocks by night. And behold, the angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were greatly afraid. And the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all the people. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign to you. You will find a babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angels a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace and goodwill towards all men. Now, <coughs> excuse me, I've told you this before. You know, like always when they, they make the little figurines of angels and they always make this little fat, dumpy angel. Have you ever noticed that? Why do they make an overweight angel? But they do. But anyway, I don't believe that because the Bible says one angel killed 185,000 Assyrians in one night. One angel. So I don't think that what the shepherds were looking at were a little bunch of little fat, dumpy, cherub-looking things flying around that day. I believe they were seeing the heavens lit up with giant angels, you know, warring angels, flying and doing everything. And the, and the glory of the Lord shone around about them. Now, now that's got to affect your life, right? And all of a sudden, the angels and everything, and then they go, and they find Jesus in the manger. And like I said, I don't know what their reaction was. I don't know if it was, 
You know, sometimes we, we, sometimes we just get to thinking, I believe, too, I don't know what the word is, too religious, too mystical, too something like it was all like, Maybe it was. I don't know. But I'm just thinking, you got a bunch of rough shepherds. They were just, they were just a, a little while ago beating sheep with their sticks. I just don't see them as cultured and refined. And they brought a candle and were... I, I, I see them as smelly and, 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 and rough and, and messing around with their sticks and poking each other and... And, 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 and they're still freaked out from the angels flying, and, and they're just thinking, what is all of this? And, and I just think that they were outside, you know, like high-fiving and jumping back and forth. And the Savior's born, and we saw him. We're in the middle of it. And isn't it funny the angels didn't break forth in the temple? The angels didn't break forth in town? Well, not to the country people. Everybody say amen. amen. Went out to the country people. And I believe the reason why is because they were available. I believe that the shepherds were there. They were in the fields. They were available. They were looking up to heaven that night. They were out there in the midst of it. And I, I believe the really the truly reason why is because they had hearts open and they were available. In this time, in this season, folks, you got to watch your heart. you got to keep yourself available to the things of God. you got to keep yourself available to, to the, 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 the Lord speaking to you and to seeing his work and his move of what's going on. Amen? Don't get so caught up, so wrapped up with everything that's going on that you begin to miss the things of God. Amen? Okay, it says, And so it was in verse 15 that when the angels had gone from back into heaven that the shepherds said to one another, let us now go to Bethlehem and see the thing which has come to pass, which the Lord has made known to us. And they came with haste, and they found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. And when they had seen him, they made widely known the sayings which they told them concerning this child. And all those that heard it marveled at those things which were told them by the shepherds. And Mary kept all these things, and she pondered them in the heart. Then the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen and was told. So they apparently... Went and told everybody. They apparently jumped up and down and, and, and got excited with the first evangelist going out with these shepherds going out and telling everybody, we've seen the Savior. He's there. And everybody that heard them said, we know those guys. And if they're touched by God, something's going on. This is a move of God. Amen. OK, so now go over to the book of Matthew, chapter two. Matthew, chapter two. I'm going to start reading verse one. Now, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men from the east came from Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we have seen a star in the east and have come to worship him. Now, <clears throat> before I go on, I've got to possibly dispel a few things that we get caught up with that are not true. Okay? It's not that they're not true. It's that we can't prove it. All right? We always say there's three wise men. We just sang the song about three wise men. Well, we say they're three wise men because they brought gold, frankincense, and myrrh, and we assume that each one of them had one gift. But the Bible doesn't say how many wise men it was. Nowhere in the Scriptures can you find that it was only three. It might have been five, might have been two, might have been ten. We don't know, okay? 
But wise men came to seek Jesus. Hello? And I want to tell you today, wise men still seek Jesus. Look at the person beside you and say, yeah, that's good. That's good. I like that. Wise men seek Jesus. All right? We don't know a lot about these wise men. We don't know, you know, they say they, say they may have been like astrologers or whatever because they were following a star. The Bible, again, doesn't give us a lot of definition about this. We can, we can kind of guess at this, but we don't really know. But the point I want to make here is that there may have been more than three. All right? May have been more than three because the Bible does not definitely say so. And they came and they were following a star. And it says, and when, and verse four says, and when they had gathered all the chief priests and the scribes and the people together to inquire of them where Christ was to be born. So they said in Bethlehem of Judea, for it is written, but, uh, but you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judea, are not the least among the rulers of Judah, and out of you shall come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Now, this is prophecy from the prophet Micah. Micah chapter 5, verse 2 is where that comes from. So, hundreds of years before, Micah had prophesied that Bethlehem was going to be the place. That's why Mary had to go to Bethlehem. <clears throat> I don't know that Mary knew it. She may have, but I don't know that she did. I don't know that she was fulfilling prophecy by going to... She knew it. She was fulfilling prophecy, but she was. Now, isn't it interesting... Isn't it interesting that these other religious leaders knew where the Messiah was going to be born, but nobody sought him? And they would not have sought Jesus, nor looked for Jesus, except these wise men show up. And there's a lot of people today on the face of the earth, and they're all sitting around, and they may know where the Savior is supposed to be born. They may know how to get saved. They may know how to live for God, but they're not doing anything about it. I'm really excited to start preaching the messages because I really feel like the Lord downloaded some stuff to me about what's going to happen in 2019. And, and I, 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 it's hard. I've got like 16 messages already, writ, already ready to roll off the press. And that's just everything I can do to keep it down in my tongue this morning from just getting into it. But I want you to know there's a lot of people out there that are not seeking Jesus. There's a lot of people going along today and, and, and going along even through this Christmas season, and they're not really seeking Jesus. They're going through the motions. They're giving gifts. They're sitting at their houses. They're, they're having Christmas, but nobody is really thinking and seeking Jesus. But you are. But you are. Those of you listening to the broadcast today, you are, because you're hungry enough that you wouldn't have tuned in or you wouldn't have been here this morning. And so you are. So turn to the person beside you and just, you know, give them a little high five and say, hey, way to go. Now, the second thing I got to kind of dispel is, is, and this is kind of touchy because we get into these things about Christmas and we don't like to touch the sacred cows. But we assume that the shepherds were there, baby Jesus in the manger, and then here comes the wise men coming in and they had the hats on, you know, and they come in with their camels. And they come in too, because that's what, that's what we've put from Hollywood and whatever and stories in. But the truth of the matter is, uh, these wise men could have come to Bethlehem up to two years later. Okay, and I know that because when Herod said kill all the children because he was trying to kill Jesus, they killed every child that was up to two years old. So that was the time limit from one to two. Now, again, I can't tell you. 
Was this six months later? Was this one month later? Was this three months later? Five? I don't know. And it really doesn't matter. All I'm trying to make a point is something happened after Jesus' manger time when these wise men show up. Now, one of the most beautiful things that's ever happened to me in life is when I was ever in need and I prayed. Like one time, one time I was, uh, my wife and I, we were really struggling financially and, uh, and, and we needed some money. And it was one of those deals down that you're, we were challenged whether we tithe or whether we keep the money because we're going to have to live on it or whatever. And so we, we just said, no, I'm going to trust God in his word. So we tithe, but we were short. And I, I said, Lord, I said this prayer. I said, Lord, I, I mean, 20 bucks will help, Lord. That's all I said. That was my prayer. Very unreligious. <laughs> I said, 20 bucks at least, Lord. And my wife comes in and she says, look at this. And somebody sent us a card and they didn't sign it. All they signed was from Jesus and there was 20 bucks in it. That 20 bucks is worth more to me than 10 million because I knew that God heard my prayer and he answered it. And I thought to myself, man, this person had to put this money in a card, you know, I don't know, four or five days. I don't know how long the mail took or whatever to get there at that exact time that we opened it right when I said the prayer and all that timing. I thought about, oh, God. And so many times in life, when I've seen those little things that God has done for me, the big things too, but the little things, and, the, and, and it comes in and it just lets me know, lets me know that he's there, that he's real, that he's alive, that he hears my prayers, that he's moving and he's doing something, he's flowing, that he's, that he's right there. Amen? And, and so can you imagine what it was like? Again, I'm, not, I'm painting with a pretty big brush this morning, but you know, I get to preach this morning. And so you know, don't hold me to this. But I, I don't know, was Mary and Joseph, were they hurting for finances about this time? Were they stuck in Bethlehem, not wanting to really be there? Were things not looking good? And then all of a sudden, there's a knock on the door, and they open up the door, and there's three wise men there, five wise men there, two wise men there. I don't know. But the dudes are loaded down with gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Can you imagine the joy in their hearts when they were like, like, I can just, you know, I don't know. I'm just, I mean, just give it to me this morning, church. I mean, just dream in here this morning. I mean, he can't pay the electric bill. Oh, looks to me and says, I don't know what we're going to do. I mean, he's the Savior and we're, we're starving. It's just, things are terrible. All of a sudden, rap, rap, rap on the door. There's a box of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. You imagine what joy they felt, what, 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 what this would have been like? Now, you got to understand, we, again, we don't know how much gold, we don't know how much frankincense or myrrh, we don't know what, what the quantity was, okay? But I just, I feel like you would not get on a, a camel and come all the way across the desert, you know, and have a handful, right? Like they reached in their pocket and said, oh, by the way, here's you. Right? I would have think it would be something substantial. These guys have got to have been pretty, uh, pretty wherewithal, have, have pretty good wherewithal to be able to go into King Herod's palace and talk to the astrologers. They've got to have had something to show, right? So I can't believe they just showed up with a little bit. I've got to believe they showed up with a lot. 
Now, in researching this and looking at this, you, the, what's funny is we look at the gold. I mean, I do. I think of the gold. Gold, man. <laughs> yeah, how many, you know, what was it? Big old blicks of gold. But actually, the frankincense and the myrrh were of equal value as the gold because it was a very precious, precious commodity. And because, you know, like, If you showed up at my house and said, which of these three would you want, Robert? Three smelly, or two smelly things and a box of gold? I mean, and that's one of the bad things that gets me about Christmas. I can't stand to go in a shop that's got a lot of scented candles and potpourri and all that kind of stuff just tears me up, you know, and so I'm thinking, you know, imagine what their house smelled like. If they brought in a box of frankincense, have you ever smelled frankincense? It's, myrrh is even stronger. And to have, <laughs> I mean, while well, you'd say, put this out back, I mean, <laughs> burning my eyes in here, you know? Keep the gold by the bed, the rest outside. So anyway, so then this is, the, this is where I'm, I'm going to finish up here. Okay. So gold, everything God does and everything God did in Jesus' birth, all was fulfilling prophecy and all was symbolic in its meaning, okay? So they, they, these, these wise men brought gold. So gold, we know in the Bible, represents the kingly ministry. So they were, they were, they were also, it, I mean, come on, it represents prosperity. Now, Joseph was about to have to flee to Egypt he was about to have to do all these things out there, and it blesses me to know that God provided and prospered them for everything they would need and, and then to take Jesus on into the ministry and everything that he was doing. How do we know that right before or right as Jesus knew he was going to go to his death and before he went to the garden, how do we know he didn't? Because he had a treasurer, which was Judas, but he had a treasure. If you don't have any money, you don't need a treasure. Look, if you're not doing business and you're not dealing with money, you don't need a CPA. Am I right? But if you got to have a treasure, you're dealing with some dollars. How do we know that there wasn't money left over in the treasury from this gold that was delivered right here? Like I said, I don't know how much, but I like to dream it was a lot. Amen? Okay, so gold represents the kingly ministry, but it also represents prosperity, all right? The frankincense, it represents the priestly ministry because frankincense was, a, was, is, it was something that was offered up like a priest would in prayer. Frankincense was something that was burnt, something that was a smell, something that was an aroma. The aromas of your prayers are going to heaven. The Bible says in Revelation that... Your prayers are being held up in a, in a bottle in heaven. They're, all, they're going up as a free, sweet fragrance to the Lord. Amen? So the frankincense represents the priestly ministry. And then you get to myrrh. And myrrh, well, myrrh represents, myrrh is something that they used in those days to anoint and, uh, and embalm a body. All right? But 
So it represents the sacrificial death of Jesus dying for the world. Now, I don't know what these guys, I mean, again, I'm painting with a big brush here, but I, I believe that the wise men heard God and brought the three right gifts, right? So we know that the gold was obviously prosperity. But you know what's funny is if you've, if you, uh, if you've ever looked at essential oils, essential oils are something that is, a lot of people are using nowadays. It has medicinal purposes, and they're using natural things to create oils. And I have a book on it, and I was looking them up because frankincense, to smell frankincense or to apply frankincense, it, listen to what it does. It combats negative emotions. That's what frankincense does. So I guess if frankincense was in the house and I was all sitting there, I guess everybody's pretty happy. And it also builds your immune system. Now, myrrh, this is crazy. Myrrh is an antibacterial and an antifungal. And they still today use myrrh in mouthwashes. In mouthwashes. So does anybody need your mouthwash? But also, myrrh, is, it supports the healing of wounds. It's what it's used for as a medicinal purpose. It supports the healing of wounds. Any, anybody ever been wounded in this world? Anybody ever been hurt? Well, I want you to know that Jesus is so amazing that even in his own ministry, he was anointed with gold, frankincense, and myrrh, the healing for the wounds of the world. He was anointed as your high priest to make sure that you had emotional stability in life and you didn't have to be crazy. Not that anybody is. but So as I prayed about this, this is what I want to share with you. So wise men seek Jesus, but wise men also bring gifts. So I, told, I said this Wednesday night, and this may sound crazy to you, every year I ask Jesus for a Christmas present. Okay? And he's always giving me a Christmas present. He always gives me what I ask for. A lot of times the things that I'm asking for are spiritual things. But it always blesses me. But I want you to understand something. Not only do we have to, not only do we want Jesus to give us something, we need to be giving him something. We need to be wise men in this season who seek Jesus and bring him a gift. So let me show, share with you the three gifts that you can bring Jesus. The first one, if you want to bring him some gold, you want to really bring him some gold. I want to tell you something. It's not going to be what you put in the offering plate. It's going to be your love for him. Jesus loves you so much. As I stood here this morning and sang those Christmas carols, I reminded myself as a little boy in the church I was raised in, I guess it was always Sunday evening, they had a, 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 Christmas, a Christmas Eve service. And I don't know why, but as a young boy, I'd go into the service and it, the church would be decorated up and, and, and we would sing Christmas carols and the pastor would share a little something. But my heart was always such, I could always feel the presence of God there. I didn't understand it. I didn't know it. I didn't really know what I was sensing. But just going in there, it was special. And I loved it. 
Well, I didn't realize at that time and I was really falling in love with Jesus. I was falling in love with who he is, that, that for his, for, to honor him, to love him, to, to, to know that, that, he was, that he was willing to die for me. All of that was touching my heart back in those days. And I want to tell you, the greatest gift you can give Jesus this season right now is your love for him. Fall in love with Jesus. Church, listen to me. If you've had a hard year in 2018, let the myrrh and the frankincense heal you and fall back in love with Jesus. Start to honor him and see, man, Jesus, your whole life and everything you did, your love and your wisdom and your understanding. See, I don't just love Jesus for what he'll do for me. I love him for who he is. I love Jesus because I know he is the son of God, but I know that, that when he walked on the face of this earth, he walked with love and he walked with compassion. He was smarter than anybody else. That when he, when he dealt with his situations and circumstances, like the woman caught in adultery and she was thrown down before him and Jesus, they had him. They had him. Boy, there's no way she was caught in the very act of adultery. They had Jesus. They were going to stone her right there. And they knew nothing Jesus could do. They had him and they were so happy. And I see the, the, little, the little wicked guys over there. <laughs> We've got him. And Jesus says, writes in the dirt. I believe it was their sins. I believe he wrote down Motel 6, room 134. <laughs> and somebody looked around, ooh! And then he just rose up and said, he is without sin. Let him cast the first stone. And then every man was convicted in his own heart and walked away. I just love it. I love it how Jesus does that. I love it how when they come to the garden to get him and, and Peter's takes off the guy's ear, cuts off his ear, falls to the ground. The guy's screaming, blood's everywhere. And Jesus reaches there and picks it up and sticks it on his head and heals him. And says, who who are y'all looking for? Everybody falls to the ground. He said, get up. What are you looking for? Everybody falls to the ground. He says, it's me. Tells Peter, no, no, no. Don't do it anymore. Don't cut anybody else's ear off. Don't hurt anybody. Don't you know right now I could call legion of angels down here? If it was a Roman legion, it been 72,000 angels. One killed 185,000. Going to call 72. A legion down here. Get them all down here. You don't think they could have just wiped up the whole world, cleaned them all up and everything? All been done with? You think that? Can you imagine they were about to take Jesus to the cross and all Jesus had to do is say, okay, it's enough. Stop. And then these angels would just. Whoosh. But he did it for the love for you and I. He went to the cross for me and for you. He was born into this world, and he didn't have to be born in this world. And he came into this world for me and for you. See, folks, it's time that we're going to deliver him gold. We're going to love him more than we've ever loved him before. The frankincense is, is like I said, was the prayers, the, the priestly ministry. And our priestly ministry is today is that we have to offer our hearts as a place of truth. We have to come around and begin to say in our lives, we want to know what the truth is. We want to walk in the truth. We want to know the right way to handle things. The right way to handle things, church. I know, man, I, 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 I love my parents. I, I love what, how my father taught me. But I know that in the world, and the way that, that I was taught and I grew up and, I, and then I learned from association, I know there's things in me that I don't think straight. It's the truth. There's times that I think the best method would just be to punch somebody right in the mouth. I know I only have about 20 seconds of good fight left in me, 
But bless God, it'll be a good 20 seconds, you know. I'm going to run out of air somewhere, and that's going to be the end of it. But how much greater does it say? Yeah, he that's out sin, let him cast the first stone. And psh, the Holy Ghost gets it. Gets it done. How much greater would that be to allow a place within our hearts for truth to be in there? Amen? And then the third thing. The third thing was the gift of myrrh. It says it supports our immunity system. And it represents the sacrifice of his death. How about myrrh, the service of our hands into his service? Or the offering of our hands for his service? Amen? I'm reminded of the Good Samaritan, the story of the Good Samaritan. Right? There's the guy beat up on the side of the road. The religious person passes him by. The scribe passes him by. Then here comes the Samaritan. Samaritan comes by, and he doctors his bandages, wound, gets his wounds all ministered to, takes him to the inn, pays for it, and says, if he owes more when I get back, I'll take care of it. That's who we got to be. We've got to be those, that person that's saying to Jesus, the gift I'm giving you is my love for you, which is compelling me to open up my heart and say, Lord, I want truth. And here are my hands, my feet, my mouth for your service. If you got to put some mouthwash in me, then so be it, Lord. Use the myrrh on me, wash my mouth out, and set me free. Amen? So let's give Jesus a gift this season. Amen? Amen. Put your Bibles up if you would. And, Lord, come up and play something. Play a Christmas song. And let's just stand to our feet. Let me pray over you. For those of you out there watching the broadcast today, I just want you to know wherever you are, no matter where you are, no matter what you've done, Jesus loves you. And this holiday season, don't get all wrapped up in everything that's going on with the fluff. Fall in love with Jesus. If you're out there and you've never made Jesus Christ the Lord and Savior of your life and you want to, right there where you are, just stop and say, Jesus, come into my life. I want to know you. I want you to be a part of me. Forgive me of my sins. Wash me in your blood. Here, can I have my prayer team come down this morning? If you're here in service and you need prayer or maybe maybe this Christmas season has gotten to you and you realize that maybe you're not right with God. You've never made Jesus Christ the Lord and Savior of your life. I've told you this over and over again. I'm not going to candy coat it. I'm not going to sugarcoat it. But I do believe that you need to make a public profession of your faith. That's why our prayer team's up here this morning, just to pray with you. Like I said, if you've got just something else you want to pray about, maybe your family's beating the war drums right now. And you want that calmed down. Well, come get some agreement this morning. But if you're in here and you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, then you need to come pray with one of these people. And you just say, Jesus, come into my life. Make a public profession. Let him touch you. But I want to ask you to just take the hand of that person beside you. And I just pray that 
you'd be willing to offer up to Jesus the gift of your life. A new year's coming. It's going to be great things going on, great things taking place. But the greatest thing you can do right now is to give Jesus your heart. So I'm going to pray. And if this is prayers for you, then grab hold of it. Father, right now in Jesus' name, as we stand here before you, Lord, we offer up our hearts to you. Lord, we offer up our hearts to be filled with your truth. And Lord, we offer up our lives as a living sacrifice for you. I ask you today, Heavenly Father, the things that maybe worries or concerns that have cluttered people's minds, that, Lord, it would be dispelled. And that, Lord, that there'd be a new life come into them because they would turn to you. And the glorious light of your life, Jesus, would shine into their hearts. Lord, I pray as we were with family and friends in these next few days, Lord, that the anointing of God that's within this church and us this morning would get over on those family members, those that are in trouble, those that need to know you, Jesus, that you would bless them, that you would touch them, that the anointing would carry forth and go out as a sweet fragrance and aroma of Jesus to each and every one. Lord, I pray that your hand of blessing is upon each and every person. And in this great time, Lord God, we celebrate you, Jesus. And we thank you for our life with you. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen and amen. Church, God bless you. Merry Christmas. And I'll see you next Sunday. Hello, this is Robert Richards, and you're listening to The Waterhole, our weekly broadcast, which is now available on iTunes and all major podcast platforms. You can also watch the weekly video broadcast on our YouTube channel. Link's in the description. I pray this has been a blessing to you, and if you've enjoyed this message, please share this with a friend. God bless you, and remember, no matter where you are and what you've done, Jesus loves you.